Jerry, you uh, you had to turn your computer back on. You said, "Yeah." Jesus fucking Christ! Holy shit! Gotta kill that fucking thing. That that sounds I'm terrible. I'm not in the mood. That was my reenactment a couple weeks ago when Jerry got attacked by the Chihuahuas. There better be scars. Are there scars from that dog attack? Yeah, the mental kind. <laughs> my dog, my dog was attacking me last week. He, this dog will pick up anything on the floor, and when you come in the front door, he picks it up and he'll like run at you at the door. Well, apparently, someone dropped a fucking knife on the floor. And he picked up his mouth and came charging at me with a knife in his mouth. <laughs> I said, oh, guys, try to kill me. Oh, he just cracked open a, a, a nice, tall, cold. Is it a Guinness, Jerry? No, I have. Well, right now I'm having a blue moon. Did you put orange in it or no? no and it, you know what? It's not the same without the orange. I forgot it's to not. buy some oranges. That's right. Blue, yeah, you're going to have blue, the orange. Blue moon. Ding-a-ding-a-ding. Blue, blue moon. Ding-a-ding-a-ding. Blue, 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 blue moon. This <laughs> is so much for us harmonizing. Of what? Me 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 Want to hear the crunch? Could you hear it? God damn! It sounded mm-hmm. fake. Yeah, that no, did. that was real. Like, that didn't sound real. It, so- it sounded like a commercial. It was like perfect. Yeah. Okay. Here we go. How was that? Holy sh! Holy shit! <laughs> <laughs> well, before our guest comes on, any news you want to tell us, Jerry? Oh, man. Uh, yeah, you kind of caught us way the fuck off guard with that one. Phone starts blowing up last <laughs> night. No one likes to tell any of us what the fuck's going on. You kayfabing bastard. Hey, Mike, that's awesome. Congratulations for Jerry. What? What Did they have a baby? What the fuck's going on? I have no idea. I only kayfabed it for about, what, um, 15 hours, something like that. So I just I was ha- I I was happy, Jerry, that you told me before, and then it leaked. Right. So I was I was at least relieved by that because if I found out from a Twitter message from some fucking random person, I was driving down to Manchester, Tennessee, and I was going to open a can of whoop ass on myself. Is that what I got to get you to? Is that what I got to do to get you to come down and visit? <laughs> Give okay. you a reason to whoop my butt. I was going to whip my own ass. No. <laughs> Okay. So, so ha- I, so I know you had mentioned before, Jerry, that that they had mentioned something to you, meaning the Bucks. You had yeah, a that's great. With the Hold Bucks. On. So, listen, Jerry, this is what yes. we need to know. Yes. What's the pay? What's the vacation time like? Oh my! What's the God. PTO like? <laughs> what are the, and what are the I, I'm not going into detail. He's getting right down to the brass tacks. I know, right? But uh, um, so. I'm, as you've heard, I've signed with All Elite Wrestling as a producer slash road agent slash coach position. 
you're, you're also a TV producer because you're producing whatever segments you're given of the show. Let's tell our friends a little bit about Blue Chew. Guys, if you like sex, then you'll love Blue Chew. Blue Chew is a chewable that can work almost twice as fast. Almost twice as fast. It as could. The, it could. Yeah. yeah, a lot of things could happen almost twice as fast as the regular erectile medication known as Viagra and Cialis. It only takes a few minutes, and you can fill out a form online. You know what I like about it? What's that? You can take it on a full or empty stomach because I, you know, it's handy when you don't have to take it on a full stomach because who wants to have, you know, eat a big plate of spaghetti or some huge dinner so they can take this and then, you know, try and turn on the ladies when you've got a big old Dunlop the size of two tires you'd see on the back of a dually. Wow. <laughs> right? Wow. You, you went way stomach. in there. Well, well, Holy you know, cow! Get a full stomach first, you know. That's true. If you're about to engage in coitus-like activity, pasta probably isn't the best. It really isn't. Right, or any. You don't want to end up, you know, have to get a full stomach of food just to take that to, uh, you know, hamana hamana. <laughs> and the best thing about Blue Chew, the chewables are prescribed online by a doctor. It's made here in the United States. Blue Chew gives you the confidence in bed every time, and you, your partner, will love it. And the great thing and do it is you don't have to go have a doctor's visit and have that awkward conversation where the doctor's looking at you like, oh, so you've got a dead willy, right? <laughs> you know, the, you know, and it's embarrassing enough. It'd be like if you're, you're driving down the street in a Lamborghini and the girls on the sidewalk are screaming at you, sorry about your penis. <laughs> that would be so- a little embarrassing. I've never asked you this question before, Jerry, but who do you do a good impersonation of? Nobody. You have to, you have to do a good impersonation of somebody. I, I, I don't know. Maybe when I'm alone in the shower or in the car, I'm awesome at impersonations and singing. Man, when I'm alone in the car, I'm an awesome singer. You're, you're winning Grammys left and right. Oh, yeah, you know it. I'm winning Man. American Idol. What? If you are digging what we are putting out there, guys, Blue Chew is for you. And we got a great deal for you guys. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first order free by using promo code ECW. Just pay $5 for shipping. Again, that's Blue, B-L-U-E, Chew.com, promo code ECW. All right, everybody, got a big announcement to make. Now, you probably heard me talk about this about a week or so ago, but we are going to be running a brand new contest here on the show. Now, we're big fans of Mikey when it is impersonations of Cactus Jack and Mick Foley, the Sandman, and of course, Hawk from Legion of Doom. But here's the big thing. Are you good at impersonating a wrestler? Have you ever sat in front of a mirror and cut a promo? Have you ever wanted to hold the microphone and be your favorite wrestler? Well, now is your opportunity. Here's the way you get in on the contest. What I want you to do is take your cell phone, record a 30-second to 60-second video of you impersonating your favorite wrestler as that character. Then you're going to go ahead and tag us at Front Row Material. You can tag me as well at Mike Freeland and Jerry Lynn and Mikey Whipwreck. We're going to go ahead and collect as many as we can, and then we're going to play them on the show. Now, here's where you guys come to be a big factor in this. You guys are going to be able to weigh in and let us know which person do you think does the best impersonation. Then, when we have our final two, we're going to have an impression off. That's going to be two guys are going to cut promos on each other, and then we're going to decide the winner. All that is going to be happening. We have a great, great grand prize. You're not going to want to miss this one. And I promise you, it's not going to involve a coupon. So remember, it's the Impression Off brought to you by Front Row Material. Go ahead, start looking up who do you think you'll impersonate and make sure you bring your intensity for the greatest contest in podcasting here at Front Row Material. Ladies and gentlemen, joining us here this week on Front Row Material, ECW legend referee. Jim Molino, Jim, how you doing? Great, buddy? except for the legend stuff. <laughs> well, you are absolutely. You're in a lot of the ECW clips all over the WWE network. You are legendary, and I'm sure you have some legendary stories to share with us this week, right? Oh, I'm sure I can come up with a few. 
you you were there you were there long before i was (laughs) yeah i was i was there from day one to the last day only only two of us were just two yeah myself and john finnegan oh wow oh yeah and we were even there before when it was tri-state wow and we were the only ones who stayed there the whole time i should say that because Hack was there when it started, and he came back, left and came back. Wow. So, Jim, let me ask you this question. So, obviously, you have been there from even before the word go. Who first talked to you as far as working with Tri-State? How did that all get started? Um, I approached them. I approached uh, Joel Goodhart and wanted to be a manager. And uh, he said, well, I really don't need a manager because he was using uh, Luna and Donnie Allen as managers at the time. He said, I really don't need another manager. He said, but I could use a referee. So he says, "Um, I'll tell you what, why don't you think about it and give me a call back in a couple of days? So I hung up and thought about it, called him back 10 minutes later, and I said, I'll bring the money (laughs) on Thursday (laughs) and and went to – the school that he had, uh, that Larry Winters was the the trainer, um, but John Finnegan actually trained me um, as a referee because he he had already been in the business for a few years, and that was the beginning of the end. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, for for people who might not be familiar with what all goes into training to be a referee. Can you shed a little light into how that process is? Uh, the, the first thing you kind of need to learn is, is stay out of the way, how to stay out of the way, um, but still be effective in what you need to do as a referee. Um, get talking back and forth between the guys, uh, getting the times at the time. In fact, through the entire run of ECW, we never used earpieces. Everything was hand signals between us and the timekeeper at the table. So we learned all that, uh, learned to do a steady count. Your, your count has to be steady. Whether my count's different than John Finnegan's or Mike Keener's or whoever, uh, you have to have a steady count. Um, so that, that was kind of basically it, um, how to grow eyes in the back of your head so you know when someone might be coming up from the crowd or something might be flying into the ring from the crowd or, or things like that. Like a steel chair. <laughs> yeah, like a steel chair. All right, Jim, I got to ask you, because I've done this on several occasions where I get to the ring. Yeah, I got a bone to pick with you about several occasions. Uh, I'm sure you do. Ooh, and good. as soon as my opponent gets to the ring, I ask the referee, will you ask him what the first spot is? I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> so I was wondering if I ever did that to you. Oh, I'm sure you did. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that wasn't the weirdest thing for uh, the beginning of a match. Uh, Simon Diamond and I used to goof with each other. Um, I'd be checking him and we'd be reciting lines back and forth to each other from Caddyshack. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. <laughs> Wow. Did I ever start giggling and say I was ticklish when you were checking me? No. Oh, because I've done that a a lot to a lot of referees. They'll start checking me and I'll start giggling and squirming around going, stop, I'm ticklish. Not in the ring. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) So when when Tri-State obviously went and became Eastern Championship and then obviously it morphed into the extreme aspect, were you – Ready, if that's maybe a, a good phrase to ask. Were you ready for how things were going to change and be that different? Because wrestling, from a standpoint of the way it was presented, really wasn't quite like ECW before. Did you find that it was fun, or did you find like, oh no, uh, shit's getting too crazy too often? Um, I don't. I don't think so. I think now that if I had looked at it at, at my declining age now, I would have said, yeah, this is crazy. Um, but I, I think that I was just in the spirit of it, just going along for the ride and, and that saying, you know, this might be my ticket to, you know, getting some some notoriety or, or getting to where I want to be in, in the business. And so I just rode along for the ride. So 
So early on, who did you who did you travel with? Who did you ride with? And and what were uh, any interesting road stories or car stories that you had? Um, well, a lot of I, mean, <laughs> I was usually the driver, so I would be told oh, to go to the hotel and pick this one up or that one up because uh, when I don't know if it was still try it wasn't tri-state, um, but but ECW I had I had a minivan. So it's all pile in the van. So we used to do, was it Orange County, New York? Was it that Middletown? Yeah. We we would go up there and that from, from the Philly area, it's three, three and a half hours. Um, so we had a full car or a full load in my van, Malenko, Jericho, um, uh, trying to think who else used to ride, uh, Van Dam a couple of times. In fact, one time my... We, I had to stop on the way to drop my daughter off at, at my wife's work, and she was going to take care of her the rest of the day. Um, and Van Dam was in the car, <laughs> and and she was a little, she was maybe eight or ten or something like that. And you know how eight or ten year old girls are with guys that they think are cute, they they punch them, <laughs> and she just kept, <laughs> she just kept punching Van Dam the whole time. That's hilarious. Stop that. But we would do the, you know, those guys, uh, one, I'll remember one carload coming back from either Jim Thorpe or Allentown. It was myself driving and the, the gangsters had first come into the, to the company. So the gangsters were in the van and Nancy Sullivan. (laughs) In fact, Nancy, Nancy was like, you have to pull over. I can't wait any longer (laughs) on the turnpike. So I pull over. And just as she steps out, a state trooper pulls up behind us. And right away, New Jack's like, holy crap, we're two black guys in the back of a van with two white folks in the front. We're dead. (laughs) (laughs) But Nancy got us out of it. She, she, She goes, she sees the cop and she starts looking around her. She was in the passenger front passenger seat, and she starts looking around. And the cop comes up with his flashlight, and she says, "Oh, thank you very much." And she goes, "Oh, here it is." And she puts her ring on her finger, and she said, "I lost my ring, and I, I slipped between the seat." <laughs> and wow. he said, "Okay, glad I could help." And that was it. Wow. I bet she did that before. Wow. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> Let's cut to the chase, Bonnie. Were, there, were you there when Hack died? Which time? <laughs> <laughs> well, how many were you there for? <laughs> on the cross? No, no, no. <laughs> Was it the one where everyone showed up late to the building? Mikey, you're talking about the night when they went ahead and they they, they dumped him off at the uh, at the emergency room. You know, because there, there was there's drugs. You know, we have to get on about this. Guido. Because Guido was in the car. Guido will deny anything. He will deny no knowledge of anything. Come on, Mike. That was crazy. Oh, my God. We just dropped him off. Like, they left me a spike on the side with the bags. Oh, my God. (laughs) Were were you on the flight, the connecting flight one time? Um, We flew through a hurricane. Or th- through flew through a storm, really bad storm, and landed in Atlanta. And then we hooked up with everybody, and we're going to Birmingham from there. And we took off from Atlanta to Birmingham in the eye of the storm. They're like, "Okay, it's calm now. We're going to take off." And I just remember the row <laughs> three in front of me was Guido, Paulie, and Tommy, and they were like the you know the the statue of the monkeys with the <laughs> hands over the eyes, hands over the ears, hands over the <laughs> <laughs> As we're trying to take off in this in this storm. In fact, on our way in from Atlanta, I flew with Francine, and at one point the the plane turned sideways. Oh God. As, as we're flying. And this couple in Holy front of us, shit. they were like newlyweds. We had been talking to them and they were newlyweds. <laughs> and the poor guy, he's throwing up. He's reaching for every bag that there is. And his his new wife is so helpful. She threw a coat over her head and and hid in the corner. 
<laughs> wow. But but as as this plane turns and we're almost going down, Francine turns to me and says, "If we're if we're going to die, you can feel me up." <laughs> <laughs> and I, we we got to Atlanta. I'm like, "Oh shit, we didn't die. This is it." <laughs> yeah, right. we we would fly when and like I, if I was sitting on a plane with somebody who never flew before, uh, you know when they take off they kind of lower the flaps and stuff like that, and I go, huh, like, oh. like I go, oh nothing nothing, and like something else, and I go, ooh, and they go, what? I go, I go Man, that's an interesting noise. Never heard that one. <laughs> <laughs> well. The rib and the, the Philly crew <laughs> was we would always the first one there would usually pick someone and change their seat to 23C. And on US Air at the time, the, the planes that we usually flew in, 23C was the aisle seat across from the toilet. <laughs> and we made sure that the toilet was used. As much as possible. And you'd come out and go, hey, how you doing? <laughs> <laughs> Those are the good old days where you can fuck with somebody and change their seat without telling them. Right. Now you got to have your, your booking code and this and it's like, what a pain in the ass. I can't even rib somebody. So of all the guys in ECW at the time, Jim, if you could choose to sit next to somebody and be their flight buddy, who, who would you pick? I think I would have picked someone like, oh, you know what? Like. I was going to say Terry Funk, but you know I'm going to say Tommy Rogers because I would have liked to have picked his brain. I'm a huge Fantastics fan. I think they're so underrated as a tag team. And now with the network, you can watch the old Mid-South stuff and see them. Um, I, I just would have let someone I would have loved to have picked his brain. Yeah, I liked them too. They, they reminded, well, of course, they were like the, fan, the fabulous ones. Right, yeah, I like I like both teams, and so when I got a chance in ECW to tag with Tommy, I begged him. I said, "Okay, can we do the strut together?" <laughs> and I think I must have overdone it because after the match, we get in the back, and Tommy says, "When you're doing the strut, you look like you're having an epileptic seizure." <laughs> I was like, "Thanks, Tommy." Well, Tommy should have done the strut and then pointed at you, and you could have done the church lady dance. Yeah, I do a mean church lady. Yes, you do. You really do. <laughs> yep. And it always somehow morphs into the Pee Wee Herman. <laughs> All right, Jim. So what? what's the bone you have to pick with me? Oh, or did you say there were a few? I hope there's not a few. <laughs> no, it, it, it's, it's this goddamn shirt you're selling online. The referee what? shirt. About it. Holy shit. I, mean, I, can't, I can't even get a gig as a referee. <laughs> that was one gig. <laughs> and then when I saw clips of it, I'm like, I don't want to be in the front of the camera anymore. I'll stay behind the camera. Well, you refereed the uh, the Joey Ryan penis party, too, this, uh, this yeah, past see, week. Yeah, there you go. Okay. Thanks for helping out. Okay, two. There's another gig. Two. Yeah. <laughs> two. Two more than I've had in the last 20 years. Well... Jim, would you would you referee a penis party? No. <laughs> You're missing out. You're missing out. It was a good time. Oh. I don't think they'd even let me into one. Oh, they look sorry, you. sir. That's a nipple. We could we could give you some blue chew. Yes. That, that might they don't be, uh, they don't discriminate. Yeah, no. We'll no, turn that nipple into a, a we'll turn that nipple into a scared turtle. Hey now. <laughs> or it may turn into a too cold. Oh jeez, here we no. go. Here we go again. <laughs> I got enough blood. If you flow. if you Look, ask Mal, if you ask Mono if you've seen Rick Rick's baby arm, I might <laughs> I might smack <laughs> No, I did I have I, I have enough. You I have enough Rick blood, Flair's baby. Arm. I have enough blood flow problems that I don't need to partake. So, so were you? So you were never at the? Uh, were you ever at the Holiday Inn? Um, a few times the Holiday Inn. More times at the um, 
the temple of doom or whatever everybody called it. <laughs> the um, cylinder I, of sin. I was there more often because <laughs> at the time we were doing promos there. Um, and once we stopped going there, the promos were being done at the back of the arena. And even got to the point where if, if I did stay at the arena, it was long enough to get paid if we were getting paid that night and go home. Because <laughs> I started going home more often on on the nights that we were at the arena than, than hanging out because I started working behind the scenes with the promotions department. So I was leaving on Tuesday and coming home on Sunday night. So wow. um, if I, I had admit the weekend, it. if I had you the weekend home, I would go home on Saturday. Lou and I would drive an hour and a half to the closest <laughs> bank of you. The <laughs> fuck was that? <laughs> Nothing to see here. Oh, my. <laughs> so we've often heard that the uh, Mikey and Jerry have told us that the Dudleys were known for uh, maybe creating a few riots. Jesus here there. A few. <laughs> Do you have any any good insight or any good memories? Oh, of, I don't know if uh, they were those experiences good or not. <laughs> Um, Jerry it's, 20, it's, tw- it's 20 years ago. It's good. <laughs> um, there was one time in Buffalo where, where Bubba challenged the guy to get into the ring. And um, he did. But he made the mistake of crawling under the rope, the bottom rope. And I think Bubba took his head and Devon took his torso. And I think I took his knees. <laughs> we, we just started kicking him. Uh, uh, but the, the one I really remember the most is Chicago because Jerry mentioned throwing chairs. Um, Dudleys are in the ring. It may, it may, and Joel may have been cutting, pontificating, um, <laughs> and and the Dudleys were available to disappear. But all of a sudden, I got hit in the back of the hair with head with a chair. Boom, from oh, the shit. crowd, and I'm like, son of a bitch, and my eyes started my <laughs> eyes started watering up. And I'm like, I'm not going to put this over. Then I started feeling a trickle down the back of my neck and I'd gotten busted open from, from the chair and I'm still standing in the ring and I'm not putting it over at all. And then I realized there's nobody in the ring except me. And it was like, it was like a scene. It was like a scene from Slapshot, where it's like, they're pounding on somebody and going, is this him? Is this him? <laughs> I love the Hanson brothers. But yeah, it really was. It was that scene of the Hanson brothers. And, and Chicago was one of the notorious cities for for Bubba to get to get the crowd going. Wow. So were you in the ring in, in uh, Marietta, Georgia, when they showered the ring with all those cups of ice and stuff? I don't think so. I remember it. I don't. I, yeah, I don't think I was. Okay. Do you remember, remember what the match was? No, it was it was Bubba and Devon and cutting a promo, and they. Oh, okay. Then yeah, I was because I did that match. Okay. Because I remember. Because <laughs> I'd never seen so much stuff flying in the ring for that amount of time. It had to be <laughs> at least ten minutes nonstop. Cups, full well, big re- cups of ice yeah. and whatever flying into the ring. You couldn't even see the mat. It was covered with so much ice. It was wet. It was so wet. But yeah, the one thing I do remember about that match was they were going around outside the ring, um, and they weren't over the guardrail into the crowd. But one of the the line guys, which if you don't know what a line guy is, he's the guy who pulls the cable for the cameraman and keeps it out of the way so he doesn't trip over it. Well, he got caught up in something, and he just throws the cable up in the air, and he goes, "Fuck it, I'm out of here," <laughs> <laughs> and he just walked out. <laughs> What the poor camera guy do? The camera guy kept shooting. Wow. <laughs> oh shit! But I think the guy came back after after the the Dudleys were done with their match. <laughs> wow. Was that the same show Junker Dog was at? Yes, we got in a fight with New Jack. Fight? Would you call it a fight? Well, he got sucker punched in the back alter- of the head. Altercation. Yeah, That's I was there. Fuffle for like fifty bucks. He got punched in the back of the head for like fifty bucks. <clears throat> Jeez. I just remember them arguing back and forth, and then fucking Jack called Dog a fucking crack addict. 
<laughs> and, and then Drunker Dog goes, smoked it with your mama. She lit the pipe. Oh, <laughs> shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> who, did, who would you say you had the most fun with in the ring, Jim? Like just – it was just – it was a good time. Um, Match-wise, I would say um, the matches between, between Jury and Lance – uh, we had a good time. Um, any of PJ's matches, we always had a good time. PJ and I were were pretty well synced together. With uh, I, I'm knowing his matches and what he likes to do, and when it when it ha- when certain things happen during the match. Um, but I remember Lance and and Jerry <laughs> having their match in Cleveland, and they did the fish out of water. They're back and forth. Blah 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 blah. They they did must have done back and forth for what five minutes, <laughs> and they get up we, and they both bump we, from from, from exhaustion. exhaustion. Yeah. yeah, so I I get I'm up and I start counting and I was like oh, I'm going down too. <laughs> I don't <laughs> and I bumped my ass <laughs> and started counting <laughs> like that. <laughs> That's one rule I have when I referee, if especially if it's like a four way or something. I say I have See? one rule. I say don't make the referee sweat. See, look, he's looking for more ref jobs. He is. Let's look at this. No, I'm not. Here's what I request when I referee. You have a rider? (laughs) Yeah, pay me, for Christ's sake. (laughs) (laughs) Which why you have not been booked in 20 years. So on the flip side, was there anybody, I don't want to say that you didn't like to be in the ring with, but you you had a little... uh, a little trepidation about that. Would you say the gangsters were definitely up there? No, or? I actually felt pretty safe in the ring with the gangsters. I was a, at the time I was able to move around quick enough to get out of the way. Um, maybe Terry, Terry Funk was a little unpredictable at times. Um, when he, when the, <laughs> when those windmill fists would come a swinging. I was always afraid of those. And then he, and then he get in the back and go. He'd say, "I'm sorry, I potatoed you." <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, "Terry, no, so you're okay. I'm all right." He goes, "No, but I potatoed you. God damn it!" <laughs> like I'm okay. And he said, "No, I potatoed." You. I'm like, "All right, uh, you're fine. I appreciate. It. Thank you. I'm, I'm, you know." And it was like he was arguing with you that you know, God damn it, put it over. <laughs> I ran into him one time after ECW had shut down and he pulls me over and he says, you know what? You're the best goddamn referee for a company that doesn't need a referee. <laughs> and, and I said, thank you and walked away and I was walking away. I thought, what the fuck does that mean? <laughs> for a company that doesn't need a referee. I'm a great referee. I'm like, Okay, I'm either a great referee or the company doesn't need a referee, so I was useless. I don't know what he meant. I think he meant because it was every <laughs> match was no rules because it was extreme. But you still need a referee to count the three. Sure, I was the only, I was the one who disqualified him for uh, for biting that one time. Who'd you disqualify? Terry. Terry Terry, oh. Terry was the only disqualification in ECW history. Well, because he was biting for yeah, I mean that kind of disqualified. You know, I mean disqualified for for little thing for you know weird things, <laughs> but yeah, that was like a major thing that I disqualified Terry. Well, we still like to use the ref like when I wrestled Lance or Justin, we would still. They would, as heels, still do stuff behind the referee's back because visually it still has an effect on how the crowd will react to the heel. Exactly. And and in tag teams, too, they don't it doesn't get done anymore. And the the referee isn't used as as a proper prop, I guess, would be the right term. Right. um, Anymore. And it, it should it's something that I think should be used. I, I think it's a it's an art that that's not being used right now that would help the storylines or, or get guys over. I think because it's it's harder. To. 
It's harder because you have five guys out there that all have to be on the same page at all times. And also, I, I think this has something to do with it. Um, after ECW, they're, the referees for other companies really don't have a personality. You, you don't know. The, the common person, the common wrestling fan doesn't know the referees' names. Uh if it wasn't for Joey Styles, nobody would know who who I was or any of the referees in ECW. He would make sure he would mention all of our names at least once during the show. So people knew who we were. So we we had a bit of a personality. And well, that doesn't get done anymore. I think over time, people forget the, how important the referee is. And it used to be for a while... And, you know, it's, I'm sure it still happens where people want to get themselves over at the referee's expense. You know, just get a cheap pop by bumping the referee and stuff. But the referee is very important. You can't have a match without a referee. Right. And and I don't think a referee needs to just be bumped for for the sake of, of bumping to get a guy over. And, you know, it's I did an indie show in New York one time after ECW. And... There, you know, it was one of these marathon shows of sixteen matches, and the first seven match, five of the first seven matches had ref bumps. Yeah, it was ridiculous, and and, and majority, I wasn't taking him. It was Billy Caputo that was taking him. I'm like, I said to the promoter, I said, "Billy's sixty five years old, and you have him bumping every match. He's he's looking stronger than the wrestlers because he keeps coming back for the next match." Well, and it's just people being lazy. Because, you know, you can do it. If you do everything right, both people, all three, will come out smelling like roses. That's true, yeah. But I, I think a lot of it also falls on the the promoter or the book or whoever's running the show not being able to control something like that. Where they just, you know, go have a match. <laughs> they don't care about... Right. The content of the match, the story that's being told. Yeah, that happens a lot. And the opposite happens where the promoter will tell guys to go out there and do stuff that you've been vehemently taught not to do, you know. Right. So and when that happens, you're kind of stuck because that's the guy give, paying you that night. <laughs> so. True. As far as your involvement in a match, was it really was it something that came down from? Paul or someone else or the booker who said, hey, this is what we really want you guys to go out and accomplish? Or was it really you on your own talking with the talent going, hey, what do you want to do tonight? This is what the outcome needs to be. And then you just work it out. On yeah, your no, own. I, I would ask them, what are the, what are they doing tonight? Not or what are we doing? I'd ask, what are you doing tonight? Um, and do is there anything I need to know? Other than the finish, do I need to know that there's things, certain things I'm not supposed to see? Uh, at what point is someone come, jumping up and grabbing me or something like that? Um, sometimes, depending on who you were working with, they had an entourage of people. And some of those people in that entourage weren't the, the best trained or the sharpest tack in the in the box <laughs> to know what to do. <laughs> so you would have, as the referee, I would have to go, come and get me. <laughs> there's there's a lot you know there's getting communication back and forth to people i don't think that's being done anymore no i I think the guys might have earpieces themselves and the sad thing is having a ref in there makes it easier to communicate exactly you know when you're you know maybe you're down for a double count, you know, both are down and the ref's going back and forth. One walks over the other one, two. And he says, all right, I'm going to get up and blah, 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 blah. And you go over in three. Okay. He's going to get up and blah, 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 blah. And you know, it's, it's, it just seems like that it's, it's a lost, it's a skill that is easily obtainable, but is not taught because they don't care to use it. Cause everything's planned out step by step now. Right. It's like, hey, look at this. Everybody's walking around with a script. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I was going to ask you, when was the first time you saw one floating around? Was that when you were with them or doing the TV taping? You saw a script? Jeez. We never 
did anything like that at all. Mm-hmm. And like I said, we never, we didn't even have earpieces. Our, our communication was to the timekeeper at the table. Yeah, just keep looking over. Yeah. And, and that's another communication. Okay, you guys got five more minutes. Time to go home. I know you had mentioned you said you caught a chair before. What Was that the worst time you'd ever gotten legitimately injured, or were there other moments no, when I, uh, yeah. you, you inadvertently gotten, uh, gotten hurt? The, the worst. I, I mean, I, I fractured my wrist, um, which really Jeez. wasn't that bad, um, and a couple of toes here and there, things like that. But I – and this is really dumb too, the way it happened. I did a partial tear of my ACL. And it was, you can go back and watch it on the network, um, Heat Wave 2000 when we were in California. And uh, it's the main event, Tommy and, and PJ. And they had already had their kerfuffle with, with the other group. And the match is going, and they're, they go into the crowd. And I climb over the guardrail to follow them. And... I haven't completely finished going over the guardrail yet. And the cameraman, not Charlie, it was the, the, I think his name was Tom, the camera guy we used to use for pay-per-views, bald guy. Um, he came up behind me and wanted to get, had to get the shot of them into the, going into the crowd and hit me in the back. And I went knee first onto the concrete ah. at the building. And if you go back and watch the match, we, come back into through the crowd you can see me dragging my feet my 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 one leg <laughs> the, re- the rest of the match <laughs> like quasimodo um, yeah and and i think i if i remember right i think i bumped and then came back for the one two three and i stayed down and and security atlas guys came over and i'm like carry me out of here i can't walk and then what <laughs> what even made it worse was after the company had shut down I I had turned all my medical bills in, and, and after the company shut down, all the medical bills came back. I want to do this with you since since we have you here, and this is this has been great. Um, I want to throw out a few names, and I want you just to give me the first thing that comes to mind from from back in the day in ECW. Okay. Are you ready? First thing that comes <laughs> to mind. Uh, I mean, well, okay, let's see who can I start out with here. Bam Bam Bigelow. The, the best big guy I ever worked with and such a great person. Mm-hmm. We did, uh, we did a promotional thing at a, at a farmer's market and he walked around that, thi- that farmer's market and he, and my daughter tagged along. He put her on his shoulder and he had a crew of kids following him. Like he was the Pied Piper leading the kids out of town. I mean, they, they just flocked to him, and he was great with them, too. One of the, the greatest guys I ever met. Let's see. What about Chris Candido? He's, he's, Chris is a tough one. You're going to make me cry with Chris. Chris was great. Um, great to work with. Loved him. Great guy. Smart as a whip for the business. He's he's so sadly missed. Let's see, Cactus Jack, <laughs> mental. <laughs> uh, the blue meanie. Oh, just and just a laugh a second. There's there's so many people that are gone that you know you try to bring them up and and whatnot. But let me um, let me ask you, Eddie Guerrero. Uh, Eddie, Eddie and Dean Malenko was probably the, one of the greatest matches I ever worked. Um, yeah, Eddie, Eddie was great too. Just, he was good to, he was great to work with. Very easy to work with. You know, he, he wasn't one of those guys where you go up and say, what are you doing tonight? And you go, oh, first we're going to lock up and then we're going to, he would say, eh, you'll know when it's coming. And you would. What about Steve Austin? a young Steve Austin starting to transform into the persona that we, we became very familiar with uh, for the big part of his run as Stone Cold. But 
Obviously, we saw him really start to bring that personality out when he was in ECW. What was your thoughts on him? The real deal. He, he Steve Austin was Steve Austin. <laughs> like Mikey would maybe remember the story of him walking into the arena. And Mikey and I are sitting there, and he says, "What time does the show start?" And Mikey says, <laughs> eh, eight, nine, nine thirty. Paul. And he goes, all right, and kept going. <laughs> wow. Tommy Dreamer. Uh, ECW. That's what we get from a lot of people. Just just would eat, sleep, and breathe. That yeah, if, and it, it crushed him. If, it if what he's doing now, if he had the ability to call it ECW, he would. And he probably has every right to. Looking back at it, uh, was it worth it? Was it worth the run that you I, had? Is there anything that you would, would you do it all over again if you could? I mean, I'm I'm smart enough now to to know what to do to <laughs> get the money that that's still owed to me. But <laughs> but yeah, I would do it again. You're still getting those royalty checks from WWE, <laughs> yeah, right? right. Yeah, your, okay. your your name and likeness sure. and. Well, what are you up to right now? I know you talked about owning the promotion. Tell us a little bit about that and how people can find you and get in contact with you if they would like to talk about everything that's going on in wrestling, your ECW career, bookings, all that kind of stuff. Uh, the company that I have, and and now it's come to the point where I'm sole owner, um, it's called OTW, Old Time Wrestling. And it's not a bunch of old people or you know, cr- you know guys in – in, in walkers or anything like that. It, it's, it's a, it's OTW is, is a throwback to a wrestling company that if you want to go, you can bring your kids or you can bring your mom. Um, we won't offend you. We won't insult your intelligence. Um, good, solid matches. Trying to tell stories um, is what we do. Um, so that's why the, that's why it's old time. Um, and we run here in South Jersey. Um, we're trying to knock wood, set something up with a building we're at now, uh, to do something every other month. Uh, we do an annual show at Stockton university, which is just outside of Atlantic city in Pomona. Um, we do a fundraiser for their, um, veterans organization, their student veterans organization. Uh, we'll be back there for a third time, uh, in October. Um, but if you want to know more about OTW, it's old time wrestling, all one word dot net. Um, you get all the information about our shows. Our next show coming up is June the 15th at the Moose Lodge in Lindenwald, New Jersey. Um, and tickets are available on the website uh, for that. And if you purchase them in advance, you, you'll save yourself five dollars. I don't know why people don't do that, but I'm happy to take their. They're 20 at the door just as much. To get a hold of me through, you can see me on Twitter. It's just my name, at Jim Molino, M-O-L-I-N-E-A-U-X. Um, I don't do Facebook because I can tell somebody to go F off in, in 120 um, letters. <laughs> I don't need a full <laughs> Facebook page for that. <laughs> so I just do Twitter. Um, and my, my information's on there about booking me for, for refing, or I can manage, or I can do color commentary, or I can come out and sign autographs, or I could do a, even a, um, a clinic if, if need be. And they can get all that information off of your, and once again, guys, if you want to get in contact with Jim, you can go ahead and get him, uh, at the email address that we have right here. It's, uh, J-M-E-C-W-R-E-F. At Verizon.net. Is that, that correct? correct, sir? Jim, it has been fun, my friend. Thank you so much for, for carving out a little bit of time to talk to us here. Once again, follow him on Twitter. We will go ahead and post all of his information on the show account. I'll make sure I retweet that stuff as well. And uh, I'll make sure we, we send anything, any new news about you. I'll make sure I pass it along to all our listeners. Mr. Lynn, uh, I, you know what? People are going to bust my balls if I don't ask you a couple questions here. About what? the big news. About the big news. Oh, okay. You and AEW. I'm not going to be prying. I'm not going to be like that neighbor who asks a million questions. But 
I just want to ask you a couple of a couple of things here. So you have to be excited about all in two. What? I mean, uh, double or nothing? Yeah. Well, I, I keep calling it yes. Yes, you're yeah. right. Double or nothing. So you're you're already going to be out there in Vegas for Starcast. Yes. So are you excited I'm, about Starcast as well? Yeah, I'm. I'll be at a table with Shane Douglas, and then that'll be Friday, and then Saturday I'll be uh, working behind the scenes on Double or Nothing, and then Sunday, RVD and I will be doing a first time ever photo op and meet and greet, and I think even a little Q and A session or something. So, so you'll be on the road to some degree. Is that correct as well? I'm not, I, you know, not a lot until TV kicks in. So, okay. But well, that's we're fine. We're yeah, excited I, for you, Jerry. This is a lot of people, you know, big Jerry Lynn fans and a lot of people, you know, hit me up with DMs and say, man, this is my favorite Jerry Lynn match and this and that. And we're really excited for you. And this is, uh, this is well-deserved, my friend. Well, thank you. I'm excited too. I'm really psyched. It's always fun to be, you know, right from square one on the ground floor of trying to build something special and being able to go ahead and, and help cultivate the next generation of guys. And, and I think you had mentioned this before where, you know, being a coach, maybe with another promotion, you know, there's always these checks and balances, you know, run it past this person or talk to this person. Now you're going to have the ability to go ahead and, and, and be a little bit more of how you would do it. Does that make sense? Well, yeah, you know, I'll just, try and pass on to them what's been passed on to me. So, and what I've learned throughout the years and I'm still learning. It's amazing. That's what I love about the business. You never stop learning. Always a student. Yep. Guys, if you're digging what we are doing here on the podcast, please go ahead and support Jerry and Mikey. If you head over to prowrestlingtees.com right now, Pro Wrestling Tees, and you go ahead and there's a little search box. If you type in Jerry Lynn, he's got several different designs that you can go ahead and take advantage of right now. Don't know if they're going to offer a coupon, but if they do, you know what? Mikey's not here. Here's the coupon. And uh, go ahead and search for Mikey as well. He's got several designs for shirts as well. And if you want to go ahead and find more information about the show itself, we have our own shop that you can get front row material merchandise. Really excited about this one right here. The Halifax Matt, the talented producer that makes this show possible. If you head on over to shop.spreadshirt.com forward slash FRM pod, we got coffee mugs, t-shirts, hoodies, you name it, we've got it. So definitely support the show and let us know what you're thinking about what we're doing. You like it? Hit us up on Twitter. Hit us up on social media. We'd love to continue the conversation. And uh, I think that's everything. So Mikey... It looks like Mikey is, uh, he's going to be here for the close. So it looks like you and I get to close together. All right. Is there anything else, Jerry, that you would like to share before we say goodbye for another not, week? Not offhand. Usually I take a powder. You do. <laughs> should, 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 should I let you go ahead and do that? or? No, I'll say goodbye. All right, guys. For Mikey Whipwreck, I am Mike Freeland. And, and I am Jerry Lynn. And we will catch you next week on Front Row Material. The world of NLW Radio never stops.